So, lately over the last uh, couple of years, we've talked about justice. We've talked about protecting those who are innocent, like George Floyd, right? Right. Exactly. Everyone had something to say. Riots in the streets, millions upon millions of dollars in damage, people's stolen lives. goods. Yep. Gotta get those stolen goods, gotta burn that stuff to the ground. People's lives being destroyed. And we had Christians on this side just crying justice, wouldn't stop talking about it. What I find fascinating, though, is that these same people, not all, but a good portion of these same people are so concerned about race, so concerned about equity, that they've forgotten about perhaps one of the biggest atrocities that we've had, I would say, a blot so big on America, and that is the murder of the unborn. Um, And I am shocked. Actually, I'm not shocked. I'm saddened that this story hasn't been covered. Um, And I want to cover this story uh, of what happened in D.C. with five babies that were killed. Uh, We don't know. We have ideas that some of it could be infanticide, but whether or not any of these were infanticide, if you even just take a look at any of these photos, uh, it is just the most horrifying thing you're ever going to see in your life. I guarantee it. Um, So that's what we want to talk about today, is to talk about abortion, and not just talk about it in the sense of abortion is bad, abortion is this. No, no, we have to talk about the euphemisms that are being used for abortion. And I find this story so compelling and so, I think interesting is such a dis, just a dis service to this entire story, but I will say it so interesting because we have these absolutely horrific photos that shred every euphemism that the left has ever used about abortion. Uh, and so today that's what Connor and I are going to be talking about. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a heavy topic. Uh, one that's not brought up enough and certainly hasn't seen the type of uh, spotlight in at any point in my life, I think, uh, compared to that of what we saw happen after George Floyd and some of the other uh, shootings um, with very different outcomes for all of them, by the way, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and a couple of others, Ahmed Ahmed Arbery. Mm -hmm. Um, And trying to think. It's it's Michael overshadowed Brown, by think. a lot. Any yeah, Michael Brown kind of kicked it off uh, yeah. back in the day, and it's just it, there's been a lot of these these spotlight um, tragedies, nonetheless. Um, despite whatever the, the the decisions of the court came down to, but I mean between this and anything that has to do with you being a minority in any sense. And I mean any sense, because that just seems to be what people are looking for these days, is how can I be a minority that's victimized by a majority? Um, all of those have gotten way more running time and spotlight than than abortion has. Um, people have largely gotten to the point where they're comfortable with it, and they're good with it being in the back closet. Not opening up that can of worms to, to think about that maybe it is 
actually a horrendous act that we're going through but no it's all it's all for women's rights yep uh again another another euphemism women's rights right well let's i just want to jump right in just want to jump right in um warning i'm really not going to spare a lot of detail here i don't think that it does this case any justice um, i'm really tired of being light and sugary about it i don't think that's that's not going to happen here so if you're not if you don't want to hear it fine turn this off um but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say what it is and because that's what we should be doing so i'm actually going to go directly to live action because uh, they're the one that broke this story first uh live action uh organization is run by lila rose um she said she's been in it for about a decade or 14 years i'm trying to remember because i watched an interview with her pretty recently specifically about this case but i'm actually going to read a little bit of about this story um an april 9th article you can look it up it's called justice for the five uh and for reference there was five babies um that were um discovered that indicated that there could be infant side or legal partial birth uh, abortion now if you don't know anything about partial birth abortion um it's in violation of federal law um and so according to the partial birth abortion ban act and the born alive infant uh, protection act it exists to ensure that preborn children are protected uh, from the brutality of both partial birth abortion and infant side uh, now, we all know if you are a, and I do say this seriously, if you are a true pro-life advocate, you know that there is nothing that will satisfy us enough to see that abortion is unthinkable at any stage. Um, so you have two different things going on here. You have them actually breaking federal law, uh, but then there's, of course, the larger issue of making abortion unthinkable in any circumstance. Those are two things uh, that are that are going on here. Uh, but they put an article out, live action, about this, about key facts about the discovery of the aborted babies in D.C. Uh, and quoting directly from the article, last week, dark truths of the abortion industry came to life when pro-life activists exposed possible illegal late-term abortions and infanticide occurring at an abortion business in Washington, Washington, D.C., as the heartbreaking images of five babies who appear to have been killed in pregnancy, one estimated to be possibly uh, about 32 weeks, continue to spread across social media, media. Major media outlets are ignoring the facts concerning the recovery of these children. Uh, here's what you need to know. Um, I'm going to go down a little bit um, and make sure that we get all of this. All right. So DC held a press conference and they dismissed the possibility that these viable babies were killed illegally. Now, for record, they had um, the person who discovered them. Let me go back up to the article. Um, Well, actually, I don't know 100% who discovered them. I know that there were two women uh, that discovered them, but it was with PAAU founder and executive director uh, of that organization uh, talked a little bit about that. But they two people from their organization, so not from liveaction.org. I'm going to go back down. All right, so the D.C. police are not are deciding that they're not going to investigate uh, how these babies were killed. Um, they held a press conference and they dismissing the possibility that these viable babies were illegally killed, despite the fact that no investigation or autopsies had ever been performed. 
And despite uh, Santangelo's admission that he would not provide life-saving care to abortion survivors uh, in accordance with the law, late abortions are legal in Washington, D.C. However, the DNX partial birth procedure is federally banned and is illegal to kill or fail to provide medical care to a baby who survives abortion. So now there's also something very important to understand about Dr. Santangelo. Dr. Sanchangelo um, apparently has been investigated quite a bit, especially by pro-life organizations. Um, there's an understanding that this is not his first time doing this, um, that he is lazy, um, that he is sloppy, and he just does what he has to do to get them out and to get them killed. Um, this has apparently been like an over a decade of investigation into this guy. Um, he has been caught on camera saying that if a baby uh, was was survived an abortion that he would not help uh, that child which is illegal and and this guy is just a full-on monster at this point Um, but even if they were born late uh, if you excuse me if they were born um, and survived the abortion he would not help them Um, so the the real thing that's pretty despicable about this whole story that DC refuses to do any autopsy um, on whether or not uh, they were whether or not they were killed outside the womb. Um, they refused to do any sort of real investigation into Dr. Santangelo, if you can even call him a doctor. Uh, and the third thing is, is that actually one of the pro-life, um, the pro-life activists who discovered the body was actually arrested instead. So none of, the, none of those who are really involved in the abortions uh, ever got any sort of prosecution, but the pro-life activists that found these bodies... Um, they she got she got um the the penalty um what were the the uh, what were the charges brought against her so from what i what i remember it had to do something about some sort of activist event in october of 2020 um that is my understanding so i don't think it was necessarily for this they just found something else um that they could uh charge her with did they give a reason for not charging or not investigating uh the remains that were found um let me look at the article but they just said that they're um they just held a press conference i'm actually going to look at the um the, the press conference here and see what they said uh but from but from what we know they just won't they just won't investigate they just won't investigate it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at one of the articles uh, right now. Uh, during a Thursday press conference, D.C. police quickly dismissed the possibility that the babies experienced illegal abortions, but declined to comment further when asked by live action news. Although D.C. doesn't ban late-term abortions, medical professionals are still bound by federal laws, which which restrict the method of abortion and require life-saving care for infants born after botched procedures, which is one of the things that uh, Cesar uh, Santangelo is well known for, or well known for saying that he wouldn't, he wouldn't save them. Um, How you do any of this is unthinkable. Uh, It's horrendous. Uh, And the organization that, uh, surrendered them, by the way, was PAAU, which stands for Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising Group. Um, so there's so there's the de- there's the details on that. 
What we know about the first baby that was born um, is that he was about 28 to 32 weeks. He was well within the third trimester, uh, past the point at which the majority of experts agree that pre-born babies can feel pain. And beyond the point, many states have restricted abortions for medical and ethical reasons. Um, and I'm actually reading from liveaction.org because they have it uh, really uh really well put um and they have the facts so we're gonna stick with them instead of trying to piece something else together and it's incredibly graphic i won't obviously you know if you want to go look at these photos um basically uh the first he's completely intact um he has uh fully formed face fingers toes um and he looks uh like a newborn um he looks like a newborn child and he just looks like he's in a lot of pain. Um, it's uh, You have to kind of um, look at it yourself um, if you want to see. The first baby uh, experienced an illegal partial birth abortion, um, allegedly. Um, one of the baby girls could be seen with her right eye open. Significant damage to her head. Uh, and with the rest of her body relatively intact, uh, footage shows her curled in the fetal position with pinkish tan skin. Um, and she has half an eye open and is looking into the distance. Uh, it's some, some of the, one of the abortion methods uh, that people don't really understand is I believe, if I remember correctly, because um, when I was younger, I did actually go to an abortion clinic, not inside of it, um, but we were with an organization called Love Life Charlotte, now known as Love Life USA, because they expanded, um, but they went through all the different abortion methods. Um, and one of the methods is that I believe they, they break the neck uh, and they, they suck out uh, the brain. Uh, and so the damage to her head, I'm not an expert, but it's very possible that it could have been um, her brain being um, sucked out. Um, so with the second baby, it was some sort of brutal, brutal procedure is what they're thinking. Um, the second baby girl, she was found in pieces. Um, the footage shows that she has a detached arm along her legs attached to her torso. Uh, the flesh appears darkened uh, due to apparent decay. Um, and her head seems to be flattened. Um, again, the flattened part is probably because her brain was taken out. Um, they have a baby X, which was found in an amniotic sac, and it could have been born alive. Um, and that picture, it's just so sad because it's still in the sac. Um, I don't really know how that happens, to be honest. Um, they're not sure what happened with this one. I think that's why they want some autopsies done uh, to figure out what happened. But that one is still, um, that one is still in its, that one's still in its sack. Um, so that uh, is, you can go look it up yourself on liveaction.org. Um, it's called Aborted Babies Discovered in D.C. May Indicate Infanticide um, After Attempted Abortions. The thing about this story that is even more horrific is that this is very common, apparently. We just don't hear about it. Um, and so this is a story that's come to light um, that indicates to us that these are probably 
uh, not the only babies that are born like this, um, some of which after failed abortions that are born alive and they don't know it and they end up drowning the baby in uh, fluid. I'm trying to remember what the fluid is, but it's like chemical waste fluid. I, I'm not 100% remember how that works. Um, but some of these babies are drowned. Um, they use to stop their heart or something along those lines. They use the same um, chemical concoction as someone who has a lethal injection. Um, so they do a lot of um, they do a lot of similar similar things. Um, it's it's hard to do this. I'm, I'm getting a little teary. It's it's I'm looking at these photos, um, and if you if you look at them, because I have to read the article, um, and they're right there. And I heard someone say that if you're against abortion, you shouldn't have to look at these. But if you're for abortion, you need to look at them. Um, I only partially agree. I think even if you are for, if you are pro-life, you should see them because you need to know what you're fighting for. And it's important to not, you can even get like a little bit numb in the fight too. And kind of like you said, like you get just, like you said, Connor, you get so caught up in everything else that you forget that this is happening, even Mm -hmm. if you don't want to. Um, it happens, but that's, uh, that's kind of my, that's my rundown. I know I spent a lot of time talking, but I wanted to make sure that these facts made it out there into the light. Not at all. And I I think it's important to note just how this wasn't a targeted strike on the, the bio waste coming out of this abortion clinic. They just asked for one of the boxes. Yes, that's correct. Reading the story here, uh, they read a demonstration. They saw that there was some medical waste being taken away, and they asked if they could take one of the boxes home, took it home, found the remains of 110 aborted babies, and then underneath were, uh, were, were some other bags that contained these particularly very well-formed and identifiable uh, babies. And Jordan, I agree with you. Uh, I'll take it one step further, though. Nobody has an excuse to not see these photos. Hmm. other than kids they're the only ones that i think this is they're just too young to see something this graphic but anybody that's out there whether you're uh pro-life or pro-choice if you're pro-choice you need to look at these photos and understand exactly what it is that you're doing and what the result is um and if you're pro-life then you need to look at these all the more because it's just too easy for us to get bogged down with everything else and forget that this is still happening in the dark corners across america and i mean this this in particular is more egregious than i guess the the rest of the abortion clinics um though they're still in the same playing field this is just another level of uh, even even the law does even the law that allows abortions does not allow what was done to these to these babies um so that that would be where i would draw the where i'm just kind of drawing uh semblance to my comment about dark corners because i mean it on the face of it it's it's dark already yeah uh, it's a really it, it is really it is really dark and i think you know when you when you see these photos you you understand that what's being what's dying is is a life um i remember probably a few months ago i did go to planned parenthood and there's something called a d and e um abortion Mm -hmm. 
Um, and this is typically, I think, when the baby is above like 13 weeks, 16 weeks, I'm sorry, 16 weeks. Um, and so here's how Planned Parenthood describes it. This is what happens during a DNA abortion, according to Planned Parenthood. Examine your uterus, put a speculum into see your vagina, inject a numbing medication into or near your cervix, stretch the opening of your cervix with a series of dilating rods, insert a thin tube through your cervix into your uterus, use a combination of medical tools and suction device to gently take the pregnancy tissue out of your uterus. Once the procedure is done, you'll hang out in a recovery area until you feel better and are ready to leave. Did you hear the word baby? Did you hear the word fetus? Did you hear any of those in that description? No, not once. Great. I heard pregnant tissue. Yep. Pregnancy tissue. Now let's be, let's actually go to a different site. Um, I think this is by a former abortion doctor. He's actually, I believe he's testified before. Um, He says, um, here's what he describes it as. When the woman returns to the abortion clinic, the abortionist may administer anesthesia and further open the cervix using metal dilators and a speculum. The abortionist inserts a large uh, suction catheter into the uterus and turns it on, emptying the amniotic fluid. After the amniotic fluid is removed, the abortionist uses a sofer clamp, a grasping instrument with rows of sharp teeth, to grasp and pull the baby's arms and legs, tearing the limbs from the child's body. The abortionist continues to grasp intestines, spine, heart, lungs, and any other limbs or body parts. The most difficult part of the procedure is usually finding, grasping, and crushing the baby's head. After removing pieces of the child's skull, the abortionist uses a curette to scrape the uterus and remove the placenta and any remaining parts of the baby. The abortionist then collects all of the baby's parts and reassembles them to make sure there are two arms, two legs, and that all the pieces have been removed. Two different explanations for how an abortion works. One by Planned Parenthood, who calls the baby pregnancy tissue and then we have a former abortionist like no this is this is how it actually happens this is how we remove your uh, baby's body uh yeah remove all the euphemisms and there's there's a closer glimpse of what the truth actually is yeah and that's that's kind of um that's kind of uh the goal in this um, I've heard this. I don't remember his name. I wish I did, but I've heard him uh, testify on it, um, on what he had to do, um, and it's it's pretty egregious. Um, what I do know, uh, just from what I was told um, by uh, people who are people who are uh, who are pro life activists, is that the abortion pill is typically what you would do if you're earlier on in the pregnancy mm-hmm. essentially the pill will just starve the baby um just uh, apparently just it cuts off blood and nutrition to the baby now the good news i put good news in quotations but you know if you're if you've made a terrible mistake this can be good news that they do have abortion reversal pills um mm-hmm. for those things and they can work they they don't always work but that is um that is better um 
you can definitely save your child a lot easier. Um, and there's also as well an induction abortion, according to this site. Um, it's just a lethal dose is injected, causing cardiac arrest um, for the baby. It's called a uh, dioxin. Um, and apparently it's performed uh, 25, 25 weeks uh, since the first of the woman's last period to term. At 25 weeks, a baby is fully developed and is considered viable, meaning he or she could survive outside the, ro- the womb for this reason. Um, the abortionist will usually first kill the baby in utero by injecting the substance that causes cardiac arrest. So I was correct about that. And induces the mother's labor to deliver her baby stillborn. Um, which people who make arguments for late-term abortions understand you're giving birth to that baby anyway. The question is, does it come out alive, right? So -hmm. there's really not, there isn't a good solid argument for a late-term abortion um, on just factual standpoint. The baby still has to make it out. They still have to do all those things. So it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense uh, in the long run. You might as well allow your child to live. And there are um, this I know is that there are just tons of couples um, that are just dying to adopt a baby. Like there's wait lists for babies. Uh, sadly, not as much for older kids, which I really hate. Um, but a lot of couples want to adopt little babies um and so there is someone that would want your child you might as well give them a chance at life um and and here's the reason why i'm i'm kind of going through some of these (coughs) here i am with that dry throat again why i'm going through some of these different abortion um procedures is i think that even some pro-lifers they don't understand what it is no I, i would agree and I think that when you really understand what it is, you can actually talk to people about this um, a lot, a lot easier. Um, be like, hey, this is abortion is wrong. Let me also tell you how it happens. It is you understand when people use the word butcher. What we described is a butchering. Um, you're in you're in if the baby's not human why do you have to use a lethal dose of something that could kill a human outside the womb why do you have to use the same type of substance if that baby in the womb isn't human these are questions not these are questions but these are these are things that we have to be able to make arguments for i'm all about being spiritual and i'm i'm a i'm a christian i consider myself even a religious person um I do believe in the power of prayer and worship, but God also said to love him with all of our minds too. And to understand some of these things with knowledge combined with spirit and heart, it can be very powerful. Uh, And so I want to talk about it. I think I'm just about done because I could beat it over and over and over again. And the thing that I am absolutely livid about, I'm livid. I am livid by woke Christians that have, and I'm on, I gotta be honest, I actually think I'm guilty too. I'm guilty. Where I think this podcast, I don't think we've talked about abortion once, really talked about abortion, maybe once or twice. But sometimes like we get so caught up in race. I feel like I got distracted too. We're so busy just talking about race that we forget that this is happening. And when people say, you know, black babies get aborted a ton, like that's a huge racial issue. 
you want to talk about the worst, I think the worst form of racism that we have is eliminating black babies before they're ever born. Mm-hmm. Not many people, none of these woke Christians want to talk about it. They no. don't want to talk about it. That one's always surprised me that it never makes it into the conversation. I've heard it happen maybe once or twice, but that's it. That's it. They're just, I think, I think that there is this, this is what happens when there's empathy not guided by an absolute truth or foundation. When you have no, when your guiding principles mold to your emotions, you will find so many logical inconsistencies with the things that you support and the things that you don't. You can't, no, I don't want to say that. If you want to fight for racial justice, fine. Whatever. Start here. Abortion's a good place to start. But they don't. They don't start there. Where do they start? Oh, well, let's let's make things more equitable in higher education. Oh, well, gee, Einstein, what about all the Asian kids that work so hard and you have to lower the standards for some kids so that because these kids are Asian they can't get in yeah or raise the standards for asians and then lower it for for other people right by lowering it for others they have to work harder to get in there's an inconsistency happening and you'll always continue to have these these horrible inconsistencies if you use yourself as a god to determine what is right and what is wrong and when we talk about the easiest way to stay consistent to me is there's an absolute in this case there is no gray area in this situation when it comes to life i can always have a consistent stance because guess where my cutoff is for abortion the moment that the child has come together in the mother's womb the moment it happens life right there and so i can have a consistent argument but if you're moving around here and there it's like oh maybe it's when they have fully formed toes or fingers it's like okay great what if someone what if there's someone that you know that's born without an arm does that make them less human is that is that what makes someone human is having completely fully formed body parts if someone loses a leg in iraq or in middle east does that does that make them less human what defines being human it can't be just viability it can't just be how many body parts you have there's we have the paralympics okay mm-hmm. <laughs> all those people are missing something okay and they are still fully human and fully made in the image of god where do you draw the line and we have these situations where yes these kids are are these babies are fully formed but my point is that any abortion is wrong and bad so that these ones give us a greater picture that this these truly are lives uh, in the womb a very dry throat mm. that was loud sorry <laughs> it's all right no this is uh this is a serious and a heavy topic and i know we warned about it um at the beginning of this but i think uh this is the first time that i've personally heard the story so my reactions are lifetime for you guys and a lot of it's been for me to sit here and take in uh 
what Jordan's saying. And I've been out of the abortion scene for quite a while. Um, used to go to some of the clinics to, to protest uh, quietly, peacefully, um, so as not to disrupt people that are already stressed out and going there. Uh, the goal is not to stress them out and give them a panic attack, but it's it's just to kind of be a silent solidarity because we know what's going on. Um, much to our dismay, I mean, a lot of this stuff still continues. We do have some good news that there are uh, an increasing number of states that are starting to restrict abortions. They're not outright banning it, um, but they are starting to restrict them further than what they are or what they have been. Yeah, I mean, we had Texas went really smart with it. Um, everyone at this point has heard about the heartbeat bill. I think it's uh, I think it's genius. I think it's really genius. Uh, and we're also, let's also not forget, I believe it was the beginning of this year um, that there was cases heard that could turn over Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have a pretty strong pro-life movement that's happening. Like, I, I think the left, the leftists are getting scared. Um, I, I can feel it where they know something could happen which is good. Um, So we'll kind of know a little bit more about Roe v. Wade uh, here in the next couple of months, Uh, but there is a chance, and I don't say it's like, oh, there's a little chance. I would say there's a good chance um, that Roe v. Wade gets overturned. Does that mean that it won't get overturned? It's possible, Um, but I think there's actually a pretty even chance um, that it it could indeed uh, be overturned, and that I hope that states, um, I don't think any state should have the right to, to allow a child to be killed. I hope all the states uh, do the right thing. Uh, I pray they do the right thing and ban abortion outright. But there are more pro-life states that are doing the best they can. Some maybe not. Maybe some of them aren't doing the best they can. But we see small increments of steps of like, okay, after six weeks, you know, mm-hmm. no abortion or after 13 weeks, you know, trying to narrow down that window um, in a very pro-abortion uh, culture. So th- there are, I think that there's good movement here, um, but it's still happening. And until until it's something uh, that can get outlawed, um, it's something we still have to kind of keep fighting for and bringing awareness to. Yeah, I mean, currently I think the uh, states that have passed a heartbeat bill or something similar to it is Texas, Idaho, Oklahoma, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not seems, Texas and South Carolina don't surprise me too much. Yeah, and Oklahoma doesn't surprise me that much either. Idaho, I'm not particularly familiar with. Um, it does seem that Montana also passed a bill uh, this year, or I think in uh, 2021, that banned abortion at 20 weeks. And then New Hampshire passed legislation banning abortions 24 weeks after a pregnant person's last menstrual period. Um, and there's a couple others that have that have started doing stuff regarding um, methods of abortion, access to abortions, but also uh, state constitutions and then even insurance coverage of abortion. Um, Alaska, Arkansas, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming all have n- different uh, insurance regulations, uh, whether it's uh, state-funded uh, or federal-funded, such as Medicaid. Um, but then also there's they're changing where taxpayer funds can go. Um, so we're starting to see a bit of a movement here. Um, 
my hope builds a little bit more as more of these states uh, continue to jump on. And, uh, you know, when, when more people start to speak out and do something about it, uh, do something by volunteering, by talking about it, by actually looking at those pictures and sharing them with people and getting them to look because this is a gruesome reality that we need to face. And I'm very cautious about drawing any type of Holocaust lines here, but there was a lot of Germans that were brought into the concentration camps after the war ended to have them go and look at what had been happening in their country that they had been ignoring and they were horrified. This is very similar to that, uh, but the media does a fantastic job of hiding it because they want to sell you, well, whatever it is they want to sell you. And as far as they're concerned, this story shouldn't get any traction. So you guys are very unlikely to hear about it unless you're already following live action or some other uh, type of pro-life organization. Yeah, I think some of the best things that you can do, um, one of the smaller things that you can do, I think first on a practical level is that you can share the story. Um, this is one where I encourage social media, maybe even TikTok, maybe even TikTok. Um, sharing it on your social media, um, sharing it to your Instagram, your Facebook. Um, I think prayer is incredibly practical. Um, if there's an organization that you want to donate to, Live Action's a great one. Um, there's also Human Coalition as well, um, that they work uh, with moms as well um, that come into their clinic. Um, so those are two, those are just two organizations. There are so many though uh, across the country that people don't want you to know about. Uh, the media certainly doesn't want you uh, to know about them, uh, but to continue, again, continue to share the story and not just that, but talk about it. Talk about it. Don't just share it on your social media and then shut up about it in real life. Talk about it with people with your actual mouth uh, and and start a conversation, um, even if it could cost you something. Um, I think that's kind of my, I think that's kind of the, the practical, that's kind of the practical application. But we'll also continue to keep you guys updated on the story. DC police still haven't. Um, you can also sign live actions um, petition to have these deaths investigated. Uh, so you can also sign that. Now we've had a number of, uh, I think, senators and or just congressmen uh, sign a letter to get the DC police to do this. You have to remember DC is a, is a pretty, uh, it's pretty liberal. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're, they're not inclined to do this, but if you get enough heat for it, it's possible that it could happen and it should happen because if these babies didn't die like this, what do they have to hide? Uh, they should have nothing to hide. So we know why they're not talking about it, but do you have anything else on this topic? Honestly, this is a really good time for people to start practicing and I'm going to be careful with how I say this, but to be practicing, uh, to be more vocal and you know who a great group of people is to, uh, to at least get some ideas off of is going to be the left. They are fantastic at campaigning for this type of stuff. Uh, they're loud, they're obnoxious. Now I'm not saying anybody should go out there and vandalize property, attack other people, uh, destroy property, you know, stay away from that. So take the, take the peaceful, quiet tactics, but 
um, as far as social media is concerned, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff, this, this type of thing needs to blow up. It needs to be in everybody's faces. Um, use the hashtags, do whatever you have to, because we're combating a machine that has largely been beating the utter shit out of conservatives and Republicans alike for the better of two decades at this point. Um, and now we're finally at a point where it's starting to, we're starting to see a bit of a pushback and we really can't afford to have that momentum lost. Um, yeah, I it, think it needs to be pushed by and large. Everybody needs to be getting involved in something like this. Yeah. And I think too, the thing that I really hate Republicans for is that we've had plenty of people campaign on being pro-life. What have they done? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so demand, demand that the people in your government that you want to run demand um, that they make a change. Make this a point that they need to be fighting for. Make it known to them that you're not going to vote if they don't stand up for these issues. And that's something that doesn't just happen with one individual. Obviously, you can be one to be like, nope, I'm not going to because of this. You have to get you have to get a large collective amount of people. And the best way you can do that is by raising uh, raising uh, awareness for the issue, but also connecting that to our legislation, saying, hey, Republican governors and Republicans in general have done crap. Let's start electing some that'll actually do something, and maybe mm-hmm. that'll help also wake up Republicans, because Republicans are not always angels. Um, we know this. We talked about it last week. Um, I think I think that's pretty much all I have, though. No, I think that's now. about all I have. We'll post those uh, live action links to our social media because. And I've been sharing them on our Instagram. Um, Connor is not involved in the Instagram. I am. Uh, so uh, I have been keeping people pretty updated and sharing those things on our story so that you can stay um, you can stay up to date i think the best way you stay up to date though is by actually following them um but if you're too lazy to no worries i will follow them for you that is gonna be pretty much everything from us on this yeah um last topic which i'm literally gonna take two minutes for in the name of social justice in the name of racial equity i just want everyone to know that not only have we elected a female vice president a black female vice president, I'm so sorry, a, f- a female black vice president that has done such a bad job, not because she's black, because she's female, but she's just done a bad job. But we were told that because she was black and because she was a female that she was going to just do infinitely better. Um, this is not this is not the case, but we haven't learned our lesson. We still care about race above anything else. And so I would like to announce that Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, while very qualified, I think, uh, in just the amount of experience that she has, she has made it to the Supreme Court uh, despite her bad record um, with sentencing, um, child sex crimes, um, and her inability uh, or her lack of wanting for political reasons to define what a woman is. So congratulations, everyone. Hope everyone's happy. We have our first female black um justice Uh, of course we have to mention that she's female because we've already had a black justice for like oh i don't know 30 years at this point i can't wait to get 20 more years from now if they're still doing this and just all the qualifiers that'll be listed our first one fourth asian 
half black sprinkle of Hispanic justice, like they're gonna find something. To oh, just it's keep, just gonna keep yeah, going. It's just and never going. End. Yep, can't wait as the list of qualifiers keeps going. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're we're having a good time. Um, we also had some squishy Republicans that decided that. Yeah, we should totally vote for this person. Uh, Senator Susan Collins of Maine, uh, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and our favorite, Mitt Romney of Utah, supported um, Judge Jackson for just obviously how wonderful she is with uh, child sex predators. So, Thanks, Mitt. Yep. Love you. <laughs> Glad you lost the presidential ticket. Yeah. I think he still would have been better than Obama, but whatever. I don't know. It's it's debatable for me uh, whether it could have been worse. can always get worse. I mean, Obama <clears throat> did do some serious damage. Oh, he did. I am not saying that he didn't. Yeah. But it, with it comes to some of these people that I voted for in the past, and I see where they ended up on things once they're kind of true ideas came to the surface then i was i was happier with them losing in the end yeah i'm i guess we we want you to do a topic on the table of of our predictions of who we think is going to run uh in 2024 (laughs) i think that'd be really fun uh a nice fun episode but i I just want to end off with that didn't want to take up everyone's time since i'm sure all of your friends are telling you about the first black woman justice so we don't need to beat it over is she is she whole black or um, she half black like she, obama i don't know um i mean i can't i don't know the difference like she she looks she looks black to me like and again she has a lot of qualifications it's just that her record shows that she's incredibly lenient like incredibly lenient i've watched i've watched uh, some of her hearings not all of them because it's way too long um but her sentencing on uh child sex crimes and it's just uh it, it's just unbelievable. Oh, so Why she's she... one of those that are just giving them yeah, a slap on the wrist for 30 days. Yeah, kind of like that basically. Ugh, and she disgusting. can't and she can't really answer the question about why. Um so yeah, and people again, I hope everyone's happy. I hope everyone's happy knowing that we have the most radical justice ever um because we just desperately want a black female. We don't understand the implications of what it'd be like to have a radical justice like this in 20 years, right? If she's still on the bench in 20 years, Okay, and imagine they try to do something like they did again with those those vaccine ma- mandates, or worse. She is always going to be a vote for the radical left. She will do the radical thing. So I hope everyone's happy, though. Hope everyone's happy, but she's going to be a vote for the radical left for whatever uh, whatever tyranny is coming next. So can't wait to find out. Oh yeah, that's going to be great. But signing off. Uh, this is Resident Skeptics. Keep up with us on Instagram, Facebook. I think that's it because we don't have Twitter. It's too much work. So we'll talk to you later.